Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Saints are uniquely positioned to bring in Derek Carr. The Wolves have an interesting position in the ever-changing NBA Western Conference, and it's time for the Cincinnati Bengals to go all in. I'm Kainani Stevens, in for Peter Bukowski. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, the Super Bowl is behind us, so let's talk offseason already. We're checking in with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL because Derek Carr is one of those people that is going to be on a new team this year. He's been released by the Raiders, and one of the landing spots might be New Orleans. Tell me, is that ever going to happen, or is that just hopeful? People are hoping that maybe. I think that there's a good chance that it that it can happen. I think Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints, I, I would call the New Orleans Saints the front runners at this moment okay. to land Derek Carr. Now, last offseason, they were the front runners to land Deshaun Watson, and he all of a sudden went to the Cleveland Browns, and that might have actually worked out in the New Orleans Saints' favor. It certainly worked out in my favor. And so I think that when it comes down to Derek Carr, the biggest thing is, you know, who are the other teams that are going to be competing for him? Who else is going to come and call? And so I think teams like the Jets, the Panthers, uh, sorry, the New York Jets, the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Colts could all come calling. But I think for New Orleans, like they are uniquely positioned. I mean, Dennis Allen, who's the New Orleans Saints head coach, drafted Derek Carr in 2014. Mm -hmm. They've maintained a great relationship. And so there's a good connection there. And the New Orleans Saints were the only team that Derek Carr uh, went and visited when he could have potentially been traded. Now, he didn't waive his no trade clause, so now he becomes a free agent. But I'd still say the New Orleans Saints have a pretty good chance here. In terms of fit, do you feel like that's something they could work with, like at least for him as like kind of a bridge until they figure out what they're doing long term? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to be clear, too, I, I think that it would be a multi-year deal for him. I mean, I, I don't think that it would keep them from investing in a young quarterback in the draft if the right one is there at the right time. But maybe they're just like a little bit more particular about where okay. they invest, you know, that right. draft pick. But, Not desperate. But I, yeah, yeah. But I do think that the Saints are in a situation to where if they landed Derek Carr, they would be able to build an offense around him. I mean, Pete Carmichael, the New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator, is a Sean Payton disciple. Sean Payton wants to attack short and intermediate area, go deep when he can. But for the most part, they like to keep it you know, tight to the line of scrimmage and attack laterally as opposed to vertically. So stretch defenses across the field. Derek Carr has one of the lowest average depth of target, you know, metrics in the NFL in terms of how far his passes travel downfield. That means he's actually a good fit for what it is that the New Orleans Saints have been able to architect in the past. So I do think he would be a good fit and one that any offensive coordinator, whether it's Pete Carmichael or somebody else in 2024, would be able to build off of. Excited to work with probably too. We've obviously mm -hmm. seen he's such a good guy off the field. So I'm sure he would enjoy working with whoever they he can team up with going forward. I'm going to bring up Peter Bukowski's boy, Aaron Rodgers, because how does that kind of complicate things? Is it kind of waiting and see where he ends up first for some of these teams? Is that going to be their ultimate goal? Yeah, and it's going to be curious, too, to see if there's like a little bit of a waiting game for Derek Carr to kind of wait and see what happens with Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers when he re when he returns from whatever a darkness retreat is and I decides, know, right? you know, what he's doing with his time. And so, you know, I think that for Derek Carr, there's kind of the point where you watch Aaron Rodgers and see, does he stay? Does he go? Does he retire? What does he do? So that would make a lot of sense. He's clearly OK with being patient. He could be a New Orleans Saint today if he wanted to be mm -hmm. based on a trade or or could potentially have signed whenever because he's a street mm -hmm. free agent. He doesn't have to wait for free agency. On the other hand, though, Aaron Rodgers might want to wait around and say, okay, let Derek Carr go and get his money. That way, whenever, if I want to get traded, wherever I get traded, if they want to do, redo my contract, there's a safe floor 
from mm-hmm. ideal. And so I could actually see both of them kind of, you know, Superman or not Superman, Spider-Man memeing at one another yep. pointing, you go first, you go first. I didn't see exactly what happens, but, but I do think the Aaron Rodgers decision could play a factor uh, and impact the entire quarterback market this offseason. So it could be a standoff to see who goes first or signs first, I guess. Um, what do you think Derek Carr is the best situation of the available quarterbacks right now for New Orleans? Or is there someone else, a name that you would be more interested in bringing in? No, I genuinely think he's the best option in terms of who is available right now. Now, yeah. that means that means we're not uh, considering Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson as a part of that equation. But obviously, okay. if either one of them become available, then they become you know the best one. Right. So I would put him comfortably at kind of a tier two, but tier one in terms of who's currently available. Because if you get below him on the list, you're looking at players like... Jimmy Garoppolo, which big time question marks with the shoulder surgery, uh, with the shoulder injuries, things like that, that he's kind of overcoming and had to deal with as of late. Uh, you look at Sam Darnold, who hasn't been able to make anything work in either either of his stops, Baker Mayfield. So I, I would have a hard time if I'm the New Orleans Saints saying one of those three guys in their first year in our system is going to do better than a second year of Andy Dalton, a third year of Jameis Winston, or a you know seventh, sixth year of uh, Taysom Hill. I would rather lean with the guys that are in the facility that know the system, that know the culture, that know the that know the play calls, that know all of it, than to go to one of those kind of lower tier guys in their first year in the system. So I, I think that. Derek Carr is the best available, but I also mm-hmm. think that if Derek Carr isn't the guy, that the Saints might just run it back with what, with what they tried to do in 2022. Stay up to date all year on the New Orleans Saints by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Saints on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the T-Wolves are right in the middle of a heated playoff race in the NBA Western Conference. Before we break that down, just how they could be a dark horse possibly to come out on top, we will be looking at that concerning news out of the Bucks win on Thursday night. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You just have to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy for you to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to how many threes you think will be drained in the game. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel and a official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Milwaukee Bucks won their 12th straight game last night, but nobody is celebrating after Giannis Antetokounmpo left the game early. The Bucks win their 12th straight game, entering the All-Star break, but the story is absolutely Giannis and his right wrist that forced him off the court early in this game. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm the host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. It was early in this game. Giannis only played nine minutes overall. He attempted to block a shot, fell awkwardly into the basket stanchion on his right wrist. It was awkward stuff. He was immediately in pain and exited the game and did not return. 
The good news, Mike Budenholzer says that the x-rays were clean, uh, but we will hold our breath and wait to see if there's any further news moving forward with this injury. Not sure what it means for his All-Star Weekend, but ultimately, if you're a Bucks fan, who cares about All-Star Weekend? This is about the big picture and the road to the postseason. The Bucks now 41-17, and 17, half a game back on the Boston Celtics, and they can ill afford to lose Giannis for any period of time in the stretch run. X-rays are clean. That's the good news. Now we wait. Join us on Locked On Bucks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube for more. In the wee small hours of the morning on Thursday, the Cleveland Cavaliers officially decided it was time to part ways with a Cavs legend. And according to the athletic Shams Charania, the Cleveland Cavaliers and veteran forward Kevin Love are agreeing upon a contract buyout, which means Kevin Love will now be a free agent. And according to Shams, he'll probably sign with the Miami Heat. From a Cavs side of things, it's a sad way to see the last member of the 2016 Cavaliers finally leave. And jokes aside, it is surprising that it is Kevin Love, considering how often he was in trade rumors. He's done a ton for the greater Cleveland community, especially in regards to opening so many doors for children with mental health. And let's be frank, he owns a bunch of franchise records. And if he didn't have this thumb injury, he probably wouldn't even be here right now. But Retire number zero. The Boston Bruins absolutely dominating the Nashville Predators in a shutout victory on Thursday. After dropping their first game out of the All-Star break and the bye week, the Bruins have now won two games in a row thanks to a 5-0 shutout decision on Thursday night against the Nashville Predators. This is Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Boston Bruins, and the Black and Gold have had their siblings coming along for the ride for this mini two-game road trip through the Western Conference, and they have seen two straight wins, one over the Dallas Stars the other night in overtime, and now a decisive 5-0 decision over the Nashville Predators. Now they got a couple lucky bounces in this one, goals from Craig Smith and Derek Forbort, bounced off Predators on their way in. Trent Frederick adding some insurance in the third off his sweet pass from Nick Foligno and Jeremy Swayman earning the shutout. They'll now head home and play on Saturday afternoon. And on a night of blowouts in the NHL, the Red Wings scored five against the Calgary Flames to win their fifth game in a row. The Detroit Red Wings are now winners of five in a row, their longest win streak of the season as they complete the sweep of Western Canada for just the fourth time in franchise history. Scotty, what into the what went into this win over the Calgary Flames? <laughs> you know, just being awesome. Like, what what can't we do right now? Um, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's been, there's some interesting things to talk about with this game for sure. You know, the last few games we've been talking about how it's kind of felt like the Wings have been getting outplayed, but they're still winning. And I'm not sure this game is too terribly different, but there was still a lot to talk about. Some good power play action for sure. I thought Bird had a really good game. There's certainly plenty to go over still, but it just that all the games seem very similar. But if we keep winning, I don't really care. So. There, there are so many individual performances to shout out and give accolades to, and we'll do all that on Friday's episode of Lockdown Red Wings. Here 
there is another story you need to know. The All-Star break is upon us. That means we're gearing up for the second half of the season in the NBA in a couple of days. We're checking in with Ben Beacon from Locked On Wolves because the Western Conference is a whole lot different for the second half of the season than what we saw the first half of the season. What do you feel like is the biggest thing to overcome when it comes to Western Conference playoffs? Is it just consistency or is it just trying to take it one game at a time? I think it's one game at a time in the Western Conference because there's, what, three games separating the three seed from the eight seed, I believe, which is where the Wolves are now heading into the All-Star break. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think, on on the one hand, I guess it's a positive, right? You win a game, you could jump two, three spots, but you lose a game and you fall back and tiebreakers are going to matter when it comes down Mm -hmm. to it. And most teams in the West in the playoff race improved at the at the trade deadline. And and in the case of the Wolves, the team that I cover, I mean, the Lakers are behind them. They got better. You know, the Warriors are coming, right? Like it's 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 just this so many teams that you expect to be really good have struggled so far this season or have had injuries or have gotten better at the deadline. So you expect them to keep getting better. And it's easy to look over your shoulder when you're in the middle of that kind of jumbled mess in the West. And it's kind of weird because there are so many good teams that maybe don't have a record that reflects that you want to win and get the highest seed that you can get, but it's really going to be the matchups when it comes to the postseason because some of the better teams could be lower. So it's really just trying to find that good matchup. What, who is there a team that the Wolves match up really well with that don't scare you as much? That's a good question. They've actually, weirdly, they play the Golden State Warriors pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want to face the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs right. from the Wolves, but I, the matchup there isn't awful. Um, Dallas is another one. They've done pretty well. They beat Dallas two out of three times, and and you know currently Dallas is a half game ahead of the Wolves. They just beat them the other night. Uh, they they do a pretty good job of neutralizing Luka Doncic. He struggles with Jaden McDaniels, who's been one of the mm-hmm. league's better perimeter defenders so far this season. Um, the Clippers have always been fun. Of course, the Wolves played the Clippers last year in the play-in, but um, it, I think that all kind of is dictated by who's healthy there. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, like of the teams kind of there in the middle, you know, uh, I would say the Mavs are kind of a, an interesting matchup, and I think that's that's a matchup most Wolves fans. It would be a fun series too to see Luka Doncic mm-hmm. and and Anthony Edwards go head to head, and of course Kyrie too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that would be an intriguing matchup. How do you feel like that matchup is different with Kyrie now? Because I think a lot of the Dallas's pro- obviously Kyrie is amazing, but a lot of Dallas's problems stem from their lack of defense, uh, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So do you feel like that really changes their dynamic or do you think like some of the pluses that Minnesota has still hold true even with Kyrie now? Yeah, I actually think it's even more almost. I, I mean, obviously Dallas uh, yeah. is better with Kyrie Irving, right? So yeah. I don't want to say it's it, that it's a better matchup for the Wolves, but they really don't have any perimeter defense, you know, right. after the trades that they made. and. And that was a huge issue for them. It's why the Wolves won the other night against them. You know, Kyrie went crazy late, and that's what made it close. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the thing that's scary about that is either Luka or Kyrie could just go nuts and win any game by themselves, and that's the mm-hmm. scariest thing. But if that doesn't happen, like, who's stopping Anthony Edwards in a series like that? Uh, they don't have – also, they don't have the front court depth to deal with both Rudy Gobert and a healthy Carl Anthony Towns either. And so I think that that it's a really intriguing matchup and, and they're going to be fun to watch no matter who they play. The Mavs will be in the playoffs because of Kyrie and Luca. For Minnesota, when it's, you know, just focusing on themselves, what's something you want to see them improve upon in the second half of the season? Is it just getting healthy? Is it kind of being consistent? What do you think is their most important thing to kind of get under wraps before the postseason starts? consistency. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of teams could say that certainly, but this is a Wolves team that, you know, no Carl Anthony Towns now for almost, uh, almost three months, really about mm-hmm. 10 weeks as of right now, he's been out since right after Thanksgiving and the Wolves were about 500 when he got hurt. They were struggling to mesh with Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns together. 
And they've been, I think, two games above 500 with no towns on the floor. So it's not like they've really figured it out without him either. But what's it going to look like when you add back in, you know, a top 20, 25 player in the league just suddenly, you know, sometime in mid-March, most likely. Um, and then on top of that, like we're recording this right after the Timberwolves were up 20 against the Wizards at home after a couple days mm-hmm. off. And then they went out and lost, you know, fell apart down the stretch, gave up a ton of easy baskets to Bradley Beal and just couldn't couldn't close the win. Um, and I think consistency overall, and then obviously the reintegration of Carl Anthony Towns, but the Wolves are still struggling to close games. They have this this weird complex where, hey, if we're up double digits, like we're good. And, and you know, part of that is Ant, part of that's immaturity, but, you know, some of it's coaching. Some of it is, um, you know, guys have been in and out of the lineup, but you have to be more consistent than that if you're going to make any sort of noise in the playoffs. Stay up to date all year on the Minnesota Timberwolves by following Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Wolves on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. Coming up, it is time for the Cincinnati Bengals to push all their chips to the center. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? You need to try Built Bar. They are made with 100% real chocolate, but they're also good for you. Everybody's trying to be a little bit healthier now that we're past the holidays and we're into the new year. So these can help you get there. They come in dozens of different flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They kind of taste like candy bars a little bit as well. There's only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein in every bar. And you don't have to go online to order anymore. You can now get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So just head over to Walmart. You can walk into the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Trust me, you'll thank me later. After over 30 years of no playoff success, the Cincinnati Bengals have lost in the Super Bowl and then in the AFC title game in back-to-back seasons. With one of the top quarterbacks in the league in Joe Burrow, James Rapine and Jake Liskow of Locked On Bengals believe it's now time to go all in. I think back to that Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, Andrew Whitworth run from 2011 to 2015. And something Andrew Whitworth has talked a lot about is how the the team never really went and got that extra piece. And look, this Bengals team, if they just keep it together and keep Chase and Higgins and Burrow together, they may just win one. I think they're that good. I think Jamar is a freak. I think he's different. I think Joe Burrow is the same. I think they cut, they're cut from a different cloth. And T. Higgins hasn't flinched once, being in, in huge, huge games, making huge, huge plays. So they may just carry you to one. but you see the the margin for error in these big games. They may have won the AFC championship if they had drafted a punter, right? It's it's that close. Should the Bengals do everything they can, and we'll go over what that could be, but do everything they can to make sure that when Joe Burrow trots out there and the AFC championship game potentially or in the divisional round or in the Bengals' next playoff game next season, he trots out there with the best chance to bring home a Lombardi to Cincinnati so we can see him and the Bengals celebrating and parading around downtown Cincinnati. Absolutely. 
And finally, in his first competitive golf tournament in seven months, Tiger Woods finished off his first round of the Genesis Invitational in vintage style. He birdied the last three holes. Woods sits five shots off the lead, and though he still has an injured ankle that makes walking the course a bit of a challenge, he kept a sense of humor about it. When asked about the birdie putt on the 18th, Tiger said, I didn't want to be the idiot to miss it in front of everybody after going birdie, birdie. Here's hoping we get to see a little more vintage Tiger all weekend, like he showed on the back nine on Thursday. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up on Monday, who will shine brightest on All-Star Weekend in the NBA? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.